Hi, you're listening to the Sermon Recording Podcast of Awaken Church. Awaken is a church of missional communities whose vision is to see individuals experience healing through the gospel, be raised to their fullest potential among community, and sent out to live a life on mission. You can find out more online at awakenvb.com. And if you live in Hampton Roads, we invite you to check out our worship gathering in the Haygood area of Virginia Beach, Saturday evenings at 5 p.m. Thank you for listening. Hey everybody, um, I was hoping to not be delivering this message on the other end of a screen this week, but here we are. Um, hopefully we're still holding out hope that we may be able to get together next month, depending on how the COVID numbers develop over the next few weeks. But regardless, I just wanted to to say that we are so glad that so many of you engage with our worship gatherings virtually every week and continue to be connected to your missional communities so that we as a leadership team are able to make the decisions that we feel best reflect the posture that the church should have in the community without the fear or anxiety of what that may mean for our community. Um, the, the faith and the, the grace that you all have, have demonstrated as we have done our best to navigate these difficult decisions means so much to us. And I just want to make sure that you, you hear that from us this week. Um, as I mentioned last week, our message this week is going to be the second half of a two-parter. We did part one last week, and then we're going to just pick up where we left off. In case you missed last week, have not gotten a chance to go back and, and watch it, we'll do a, a brief recap uh, together of, of kind of what we talked about, setting the stage, and where we're leaving off going into this week. So last week we talked about the Israelites who were in slavery in Egypt and God using Moses to deliver the Israelites who were his chosen people out of that slavery. And he had called them into a new land, a promised land. Uh, but in the meantime, they end up wandering for 40 years in the wilderness between Egypt and Canaan, the land that they had been called to. This uh, period of transition, this land between, is something that author Jeff Mannion, uh, well, I'm sorry, he refers to this this place of transition, this wilderness, as the land between. This is the, the term that's coined by Jeff Mannion, who has influenced a lot of the what we shared last week and what we're going to be continuing to share this week. Um, while they're traveling, while the Israelites are traveling in this land between, in this wilderness, God provides for their needs by sending them this fine flaky substance called manna that uh, is there on the ground like dew every morning. They can collect and they can make food from it. And um, this is great. This is all well and good until days of eating nothing but manna turn into weeks turn into months turn into years and they begin to complain about this manna and and they start to say how they were better off even in slavery in Egypt uh, narratively that's where we left off last week and where we're going to pick up this week uh, we're going to pick up just a, a, a couple verses after where we left off last week so we're still in uh, the book of numbers in in chapter 11 and uh, we're going to pick up uh, in verse. 10 today. And so uh, this is where we're going to, we're going to start. It says, uh, starting in verse 10, Moses heard the people of every family wailing each at the entrance of his tent. The Lord became exceedingly angry and Moses was troubled. He asked the Lord, why have you brought this trouble on your servant? What have I done to displease you that you put the burden of all these people on me? Did I conceive all these people? Did I give them birth? Why do you tell me to carry them in my arms as a nurse carries an infant to the land you promised on oath to their forefathers? Where can I get meat for all these people? 
They keep wailing to me, give us meat to eat. I cannot carry all these people by myself. The burden is too heavy for me. If this is how you are going to treat me, put me to death right now if I have found favor in your eyes and do not let me face my own ruin. Uh, We talked last week about how this wilderness that the Israelites find themselves in is this uncultivated, inhospitable, uninhabitable ground. But we talked last week about how it is fertile ground for growing certain types of fruit. Uh, And here we see Moses demonstrating another one of these fruits, uh, which is burnout. Moses is having a full on actual meltdown here. And if I can say so, it's kind of hilarious to me. Uh, Moses is, is, is saying to God, are all of these people, again, these over 600,000 people, are they my children? I don't remember giving birth to them. Why, why am I having to hold them against my chest and nurse them like whiny infants every step of the way to the promised land? Uh, and, and finishing with just this, this gem of God, if you love me at all, just kill me now, right? Uh, Moses is experiencing serious burnout. And as we talked about last, uh, last week, I think there are a lot of us right now who probably are in situations where we can relate to what Moses is experiencing. Uh, some of us just say, you know, I just can't handle one more Zoom meeting. Um, I cannot handle another week of making sure my kids are logged into their virtual classrooms, making sure that they stay where they're supposed to in front of those virtual classrooms. Uh, I cannot handle another month of deciding which bills get paid and which we can get away with letting slide for a couple weeks until hopefully my hours at work go back up. Um, This wilderness where we find ourselves, that we find ourselves navigating is incredibly fertile ground for burnout. And like the fruit of complaint that we talked about last week, burnout will leave us completely incapable of experiencing the kind of genuine thankfulness that Steve opened up this series challenging us towards. Um, At this time, when Moses cries out to God... And, and I mean, let's call it what it is, right? It's to, to cry out to God sounds very scriptural. Uh, when in reality, Moses is just unloading on God. He is outright venting, right? He's just letting, let, getting it all out on the table. Um, but when Moses cries out to God, uh, God hears him. God uh, can handle our venting. God can handle our unloading. God can handle our frustration, right? And so God hears Moses, and this is how he responds. This is uh, uh, in uh, verses uh, 16 and 17. This is how God answers Moses. It says, the Lord said to Moses, bring me 70 of Israel's elders who are known to you as leaders and officials among the people. Have them come to the tent of meeting that they may stand there with you. I will come down and speak with you there, and I will take of the spirit that is on you and put the spirit on them. They will help you carry the burden of the people so that you will not have to carry it alone. Moses says to God, look, God, this is so tough. I'm so tired. I just cannot do this on my own anymore. And God answers Moses by saying, then don't do it alone. God says, I will raise up others around you to help you shoulder the burden. Uh, Now, I think this passage has something special to say to those of us who are in leadership, uh, but I think it also has something to say to those of us who are on the verge of experiencing burnout as we navigate uh, this wilderness that we do not have to, nor were we ever intended to do it alone. 
In fact, not only do you have to not have to do it alone, you shouldn't do it alone. Uh, this is why Awaken is not just a, a missional church, but a missional community church. Um, and that's not just a, a logistical difference or a logistical thing, right? We know uh, at, by experience that trying to live life as a disciple of Jesus on mission and orienting your life around that missio dei, right? God's mission is exhausting and lonely work if you're trying to do that life alone. But we believe strongly that the gospel was intended to be lived out among community, so much so that in order to be a, a fully participating partner of Awakened Church means to belong to a missional community, because we know uh, that gathering for worship is important, but it is not exclusively what it means to be the church. The wilderness that we are currently experiencing in our culture where churches across the country have made the difficult decision to either refrain from meeting together in person or make some drastic changes to how that worship gathering operates um, has really exposed that. Uh, I told myself I would not allow myself to get on a soapbox and, and start ranting. I actually <laughs> rewrote this portion of my message a few times to try to de-rantify it by like 80% or so. Um, but the truth is we are not alone. The church in America right now finds itself in this same land between that each of us finds ourselves in. Over the last eight months, churches that have defined themselves by a large weekly worship gathering at the expense of cultivating a culture of community, uh, discipleship, and mission will spend their time, their time trying to figure out how to get back to Egypt, back to the way things used to be, back where they were more comfortable, rather than realizing that they have an opportunity right now uh, to be set free and pursue a new way of being the church. Uh, I'm not saying that Awaken has things figured out. We are we are far from a perfect church. Uh, but one thing that I can say is that the claim that we have continually made that Awaken Church is not defined by its weekly worship gathering uh, is no longer a hypothetical one. And the way that you all have continued to be the church, even as we navigate this wilderness, this land between, uh, makes me so proud to be one of your co-leaders. Um, but I digress, rant over. Um, <laughs> the point that I want you to walk away with is this, that like Moses, many of you are experiencing the burnout of being in this period of transition for an extended period of time. And that like Moses, many of you are trying to do it all by yourself and you're shouldering burdens that were never intended to be carried alone. Maybe those burdens are, are, are physical. Um, maybe they're relational possibly financial or, or vocational, but what, what, whatever it is that you're carrying, um, I urge you not to uh, just clench your teeth and try to make it through, to just white knuckle until it's over, uh, but instead to lean into community. I, I know that can be difficult. Most of us, I know, I know I include myself in this, most of us, when we start to find ourselves in an unhealthy place, we tend to withdraw so that nobody else has to see our mess, right? Nobody else has to deal with that mess that we've created. But we were created to be in community. And as we navigate this wilderness together, we need each other. When we help shoulder each other's burdens, when we help to uh, do those one another's that we see in scripture, love one another, pray for one another, care for one another, shoulder one another's burdens, right? All of these one another's that we find present in the New Testament, uh, when we help shoulder each other's burdens, we can help manage burnout and create the opportunity for genuine thankfulness to bloom, even in the wilderness. 
And so some questions that we want to leave you guys to uh, discuss with your missional communities or, or with your families uh, this week. Uh, the first one is a, is a head question, and it's this. What kinds of things contribute to a struggle or trial growing into burnout? What kinds of things contribute to a struggle or trial growing into burnout? You know that we all experience trials. Uh, we all walk through things that are difficult, and sometimes we're able to manage those things and just and just go right on as if as if nothing had happened, right? But occasionally, those things will tend to build up. They'll be more than we're able to handle, or they'll take more from us than maybe it usually does. And if we're not careful, those things can grow into full-on burnout where we just crash. If you have not experienced that. Um, I, I have, I don't, I don't recommend it to anybody. I hope it's not something that you have to go through, but the question is what kinds of things contribute to a struggle or trial growing into that burnout? Second question. This is where we get reflective, where we turn what we've learned and, and we get introspective and say, how does it, how does it apply to me? What is the spirit saying in my life? Uh, the question is what barriers can you identify in your life to engaging more deeply in community? What barriers can you identify in your life to engaging more deeply in community? Some of us belong to and regularly participate in missional communities, right? Um, but I think we would be um, maybe disingenuous to say that there's not a step that we could toward or that we can make towards being more deeply involved in community to engaging more deeply, whether that's taking off more of the mask of, I need to have myself all presented and put together when I'm in community. I can't let people see the mess that's underneath. Um, Whatever that is, all of us, I think, can take a step towards being more deeply engaged. Uh, maybe you're not engaged in community at all. Maybe there are schedule issues. Maybe there are uh, relational hurts that you have that you're still managing in your life. But whatever the case may be, what barriers can you identify in your life to engaging more deeply in community? And finally, question three is an actual question this week. It is both a question and an action step this week. Uh, the question is, what step towards community can you commit to taking this week? What step towards community can you commit to taking this week? For some of us, again, if we're not currently invested in a community, maybe that step is reaching out to check one out. Maybe it's contacting one of our MC leaders. Uh, we have that information uh, available on our website. Uh, you could also fill out the form on the on our website, and we can get you in touch with a with a missional community leader. Uh, but maybe it's it's reaching out and, and finding out how you can um, try out one of our missional communities. Our missional communities have continued to meet. Uh, even in, in this wilderness time, this time of transition, uh, and some hybrid of some in person, some virtual. Um, and so, yeah, there is still an opportunity to, to try out our missional community. So maybe that's your step. Maybe if you are actively engaged in a missional community, maybe the step for you is to reaching out to somebody else and, and trying to invite them in. Or maybe it's reaching out to somebody who's in the missional community and just saying, hey, you've been on my heart this week. I feel like uh, there is there's something that I can help maybe. Is there a burden I can help shoulder? Is there something going on in your life that you need to unload, that you need to not be carrying by yourself? Whatever that is, what real actionable step can you uh, step towards community? Can you commit to taking this week? 
Thank you guys so much for engaging with our virtual worship gathering this week. Uh, we have one more week in this series as we move into uh, the Thanksgiving holiday this coming week, and then we'll be uh, moving on to something else. But we, uh, I, as I've already expressed, expressed in this message, I'm incredibly grateful for you, for being one of your co-leaders, for the way that you guys have continued to be the church in the midst of this period and the way that you have been an encouragement uh, to us as leaders as we have tried our best to navigate this uh, and to discern what the Spirit is doing as best as we can. So I am thankful for you. I hope that you find time uh, this week to, to celebrate the things that you are truly thankful for. And we'll see you in missional communities and we'll see you next week for uh, virtual worship gathering.